Welcome to the Mastery Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Javarucci, and I'm here with my guy, Enzo Nazari. And we're just uh, here to talk a little bit about um, mental health in general, but as well as men's mental health specifically. As some of you may know, um, I do men's mental health coaching, high-performing men, and um, Enzo is a former client of mine, as well as he is pursuing a degree to do counseling on his own. So he's about to start that process. So um, both have some good insights based off of our personal experiences as well as, you know, academic and um, otherwise. So, um, yeah, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. And just to give like that formal introduction. I'm one of Steven's old clients, one of his close friends. Uh, I share his interest in mental health, specifically men's mental health, as I am a man. And so, you know, it's a very powerful topic to talk about. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's, that's a little bit about me. I'm very interested in um, the human condition, the human mind how we all have like a shared experience like everyone's the same but everyone's different and so you know i'm looking forward to the conversation we plan on having for sure and you did your uh, undergrad was in psychology right uh so i actually finished my undergrad degree in psychology this semester i'm taking mm-hmm. my last i actually just paid for my last uh class at ucf and so after that i'm going to well while i'm doing that i'm studying for the gre so i can just like mm-hmm. get into grad school for sure yeah it's first just do a step-by-step finish the degree then get the test mm-hmm. um get the test scores then do your um your applications and everything so i graduated from ucf in 2018 for um for psychology and then 2020 for counselor education so i like ucf's program um, i don't think any program is perfect but um i got out i got out of it what i needed to and i learned I always say that you learn you learn best by by doing and actually being in the mm-hmm. field more than just you know talking about it and preparing. Yeah. But it still it still helps. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably gonna learn more in like the first like in the hours of licensure more than the entirety oh, yeah. of the degree, right? Because you can only read about you know psychopathology so many times and yeah. hear the same names over and over again: Jung, Aaron Beck, Carl Rogers. You just keep hearing those names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just they, they talk a lot about um, just, you know, like diagnosis and like the criteria and all that stuff. But until you actually get in front of people and start and start, you know, doing the techniques and, um, you know, the process of actually counseling them, that's when you actually develop your own style. Because there's a lot of different theories that one of the first classes like you take in the counselor education program is like theories. And you go through all the different ones and, you know, some of them are very evidence-based some of them are more theoretical on theoretical end of things and you kind of take little bits of each of those and form them into your own style because i mean nobody whenever someone goes into counseling they want to be talking to a person not just like someone feels like they're like looking at a book or like that they're a robot yeah no that makes a lot of sense because it's like, for something like ex- existential psychology, it's very difficult to gauge how mm-hmm. effective that is clinically. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Got you. Um, yeah, man, so I'm definitely excited to see, you know, your growth in it as well. And um, just how, you know, my business and my practice grows just so we can help as many people as possible. Because, I mean, we've had, our own, we've had our own situations with mental health as does pretty much everybody um for better for worse and taking our own personal experiences as well as the the academic portion of it can really can really help people because i mean i don't know there's a lot of a lot of negative things can happen in life and it's kind of I, i feel at least it's kind of on us to take make meaning out of that otherwise it's kind of just something that happened 
Um, but if something negative happened to you and you found your way from, you know, taking a couple steps back to, um, you know, taking a, a minor setback to a major comeback, then you can help other people avoid those pitfalls and give them the guidance that, um, that they need. Yeah. Or even when they hit those pitfalls, they are like mentally equipped to handle it. Like I know for me personally, one of the things that helped from your coaching was like being able to just train my brain into catching myself whenever I start to go into a spiral and it's like, Oh, that's what's happening. Right. Cause a lot yep. of people, we get like that negative self-talk and we entertain it. Right. And mm-hmm. it never occurred to me that I didn't have to entertain it or that there was a way of being to where like, I didn't like, I could just catch myself and be like, Oh, that's why I feel this way or this event earlier triggered this, you know, spot negative self-talk spiral. Now I catch myself and I'm like, you're not doing that again. <laughs> it's like, especially when we're younger and we're just, we're just not aware of these things. Like, cause you know, as guys just in general, people don't really get taught like the nitty gritty of mental health or mm-hmm. I mean, shit, when I was going to school, I didn't really get taught anything about mental health. So it's hard to understand what's happening. Like that's kind of the first step is like, Oh, this is the thought pattern that happens. This is like with overthinking, because um, like self-reflection is cool. Like that's kind of you know how you grow as a person. You, yeah. You think about okay, well, what was my part in this? How can I improve? And then you take action based off that, which is why self-reflection is good. But some people take it too far. I know I have in the past to where it turns into rumination, which is like a clinical term for overthinking, mm-hmm. and you just it. The difference between that and self-reflection is you, you dwell on the negative. That's, like, the only thing you just think about. I messed up here, here, and here. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm worth, you tell you start telling yourself the negative things. I'm worthless. I'll never be good at this. And, like, that's not, that doesn't bring forth action. It doesn't mm-hmm. spur you to do anything productive. You just sit in that, that mopey negative space and... Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of guys get caught in there. I know I have in the past, and sometimes, you know, like you said, like, you have to learn to catch yourself. Like, okay, I'm not, you know, because sometimes you'll try to justify, oh, no, I'm just thinking about how I can be better. It's like, nah, man, like, mm-hmm. is this, is what you're telling yourself now going to spur you into action and improve your situation? Or is it just, you know, you're, for lack of a better term, you're talking shit about yourself. Yeah, and it, it like, when you're in that frame of mind, you're actually you're in a very like emotionally vulnerable state, and like you said, a lot of guys are falling into that, and as a result, a lot of people are realizing that they can make a lot of money <laughs> feeding these voices. Like you know how many people are out here, like men specifically, that are out here saying like I can't do this until I'm you know this percent body fat or I've dated this many mm-hmm. girls. Like you hear the crazy online advice yep. from men who are probably even more emotionally wounded. And it's not leading to anything that's actually going to help the men in the long run. It's just cash grabs. On it, and, and, and like you said, it's like they give themselves these rules. Barriers to these, happiness. Yes. Like, I can't I can't get a girl unless I have a six-pack. Oh, like, six figures. Yeah, six-pack, six figures. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't do this until I do this. Yeah. And it's like, you're the one making those rules. Yeah, or you're adopting them from someone who doesn't know anything about you. Yes, and something that I've found a lot is that, you know, especially it's not a, I'm sure it's not a secret to a lot of people out there that um, there's there's a lack of strong male role models out there, and fathers in the homes aren't exactly as prevalent as we yeah. would like them to be, so people are kind of searching for, they're searching for some guidance, they're searching for some mentorship, and where, and when you don't have that in person, and you don't have that, like, in your community, mm-hmm. you go online. 
Yeah, I I, I think because I'm actually curious. Um, because yeah, I, I do I do agree that there's not that many positive male role models, but I also don't think the people that need them are actually looking for them. Yeah. Like I I, I found this guy on Instagram. His name is Jason Wilson. I don't know if you if you. I never heard of him. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, he he would be that example of that positive male role. Mm. I think he's like a a black belt in some martial arts. He has mm. like a program where he like trains young men. Um had like a waiting list of like 700 people the cave of Adulam or something hmm. and and I was sitting there thinking I was like there's probably a lot more of men like him but then I think about the kinds yeah. of men that do gravitate to those um, poor male role models and it's like there's usually a, an element of them being fed something that's not healthy for them but that they're addicted to right so like mm. if you think about certain spaces online there's a lot of like women bashing right of course and so the, a lot of those men gravitate to that I don't know if they're oh, yeah. particularly looking for actual guidance, right? Because you can always watch, like, a Tony Robbins video. You can always oh, yeah. find, like, someone who's more positive. But There was a time in my life where, like, one of my one of my mentors, he actually, like, I was going through, like, a breakup. And he was, he, like, I was trying to get myself together. And he was like, bro, you, should, you need to, like, literally go on YouTube and just, like, binge Tony Robbins stuff. Like, before you go to bed, like, listen to, just listen to him. And it definitely helped me a lot. And like you said, they are out there. But when you're in that negative space... You aren't necessarily looking for them. You're looking to get that, oh, it's this person's fault. It's mm-hmm. women's fault. Mm-hmm. It's society's fault. And, yeah, I'm sure that they, they play a role in why you are where you are. But you are the biggest reason as to why you are where you are. Yeah. And taking that accountability um, and that responsibility for yourself and your actions, it's not comfortable for people because, you know, they got to get up off their ass and, like, do things. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's also like accepting that like you put yourself here and you're the only one that's gonna get yourself out. Yeah, and like we we were talking earlier about someone we know that um kind of falling into some of these rabbit holes, and it's like when you actually listen to people talk and if you know how to ask questions in a subtle way to get them to ask themselves and come to their own conclusions, mm-hmm. usually what they find is they're not actually mad at women, they're not actually mad at society, and what they're actually mad at what they're actually mad at is like that they haven't fully processed their own internal experiences. Like, if you hate, mm. um, you know, let's say promiscuous women, for example, chances are you either have been hurt by a promiscuous woman or you feel inadequate about your ability to secure, you know, yes. a partner. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you say that to them, they don't like it. But when they come to their own conclusions, that's usually what they arrive at. It's like, oh, it's not society I'm at. It's this anger comes from my own personal experiences and the emotions tied to that. Yeah, no, it's very easy to play to people's emotions, especially anger with mm-hmm. dudes, because that's typically anger is the is what we use to cover up the other emotions. It's, yeah. it's it's like a mask for the real underlying issues, and that's why, like, when you do counseling, coaching, whatever, whatever you're doing, like, you actually are you're forced to you're forced to explore the the underneath and the reasons why you have these beliefs, like because like you said before about like you know. Um, you know, we're dancing around it, but like the red pill space, yeah. they, a lot of it is, you know, it's, oh, blame this, blame that, but don't blame yourself. It's like, yeah, there's some aspects where it's like, yeah, you know, have a good exercise routine. Yeah. Like, you know, get work on your, your skills, get a job, like improve your financials. Yeah. Like it's, it's not all bad, but like the blaming other people and blaming women and blaming this and blaming that and saying this and saying, giving you like a very narrow path to success like you have to follow this road you have to be 
you have to you know like the six figures six pack and you gotta be and you're gonna be out here you know smashing all the girls you want that's gonna make you happy like that's just not that's not reality for most people yeah you don't see a collection of buddhist monks like <laughs> trying yeah. to get like shredded to just for the sake of like doing all this for that deep sense of fulfillment but yeah you, like you were saying um we are we you know tap dancing around the space but that space is doing a lot of damage mm-hmm. um and th- this actually goes back to what i was saying earlier of like we put all these barriers in front of our own happiness and mm-hmm. we don't even stop to think like where did i learn this from where did i learn that this was the answer mm-hmm. was the person that like prescribed this to me actually thinking about me and my best interest right like we're taking advice or they're taking advice from people that don't know anything about them like mm-hmm. if you went on like Yahoo Answers and just asked a random question and then took a random answer from the responses and based your life around that, that would be literally insane. Yeah. And I think that I think that like the red pill space, people are viewing it as the problem. I think it's a symptom, symptom of the 100%. problem. It's yeah. not it's like the gasoline to the fire. Yeah. I, I think the overall issue is men men don't know where to go or what to do. Mm-hmm. And this is something that is attempting i'm using air quotes to solve the problem or their problems and they're giving them some sort of path forward but it's it's incomplete it's not a holistic solution and that's that's why it can be so dangerous but it's you know i'm not gonna act like you know all of it is bad like i said before but it's just the the there's no focus on the mental and emotional piece it's just you got to become a savage you gotta be, you gotta be a hard ass dude. Yeah, like that's not, that, that's that that's just bad advice. That's yeah. just straight up bad advice. And you know, you, like it's a community that like prides themselves because you know, like the the metaphor is you take the red pill, you see the truth. Mm-hmm. If, if if you like, just just imagine this concept, right? You have a community that is literally founded on we see the truth. Yeah. By that definition. You should be able to go into that community and meet some of the most impressive people you've ever met. They have incredible insights. They they just have like characteristics and ways of articulating themselves that will be worthy of emulation. Mm-hmm. Is that the case when you enter those communities? No. Absolutely no. not, right? So it can't be the truth if it's not if it doesn't inspire you like to be more grounded in reality. Yeah. And it, and the the funny thing is like when when you go to it, it kind of sounds like a lot of like conspiracy theorist stuff is like the truth. You want to know the truth? Mm-hmm. It's as if there's a singular truth. Like it's it's the yeah, it's a perspective. Yeah. But it's not like I said before, it's incomplete. It's not holistic. And um it just leads guys down a path that I'm not really I'm not really bullish on for their long term right for the for their long term success because Fashion like crypto yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and like one of the things we wanted to talk about during this discussion was that like there's something to say about when you when your actions and your values are congruent that's and you're working towards something that has all of that into one that's when you re- you're really on the right path to becoming the man you want to be it's not. Like, cause I remember like person for a personal example for everybody, when I was younger, like I didn't really, I guess I didn't really get the guidance that I, that I needed mm-hmm. in a lot of ways for a bunch of different reasons that I won't get into. But, um, I had to, I looked towards the internet. I looked towards, you know, the like other people, friends, the world. And what I was met with was a lot of, you know, super like, 
how do I describe it? Like, like no, like kind of like alpha male beliefs. Like oh, yeah, you yeah. have to be, you have to be this. It's kind of like the red pill. Well, yeah. Way. I mean, if if you're in a position of weakness, like strength is going to be a very yeah attractive proposition. Yeah, like specifically like with girls mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like you know, oh well, in you know popular culture, it's like you look at famous people, you know, oh, yeah. artists, whatnot. It's you know. How how attractive are the women that you get, and how many of them do you get? And like that's your <laughs> that's, that's, that's your, your worth. worth. That's your worth. That's all and, your worth. And like that's what you should be aspiring to. Yeah. But that's that's like never what I was. I was looking for some somebody to, you know, to build something with, to have a connection with. To yeah, obviously, um, you know, have a relationship. But it's it just wasn't congruent. It was like I was because of the the bad advice or modeling that I was getting. I was trying to be something that I was not, and it always felt weird. It always felt a little off. Yeah. And my actions, like I didn't feel good about. It's not like I did anything crazy, but like I wasn't me. Yeah. And that was, and that wasn't it. And that was a problem because I wasn't fulfilled. Yeah. When I would when I when I when I would try to do things to subscribe to, you know, that belief of thing of, of the world and how to be a man, it it didn't it didn't fulfill me. And it was like, wow, like this is a so you're telling me that this is the way to be, yet when I do the things, I don't feel I don't feel whole. I don't yeah. feel fulfilled. I mean you should you should listen to your intuition if like and, and what you're saying um, reminds me of like what I just recently went through that I was talking to you about mm-hmm. um, where it was like I'm, I want to do the copywriting appointments and anything but like truthfully I didn't actually want to do that and the more I did it the more empty I felt until I eventually pulled the plug and I was like no let me do what I actually want to do let me do something I feel aligned with that I feel like I'm good at right mm-hmm. and so that you know now I'm here <laughs> yeah I mean it's not to say you like weren't good at what you were doing yeah it was just that I guess it was like with when Hafiz was saying about the sandcastles and pyramids it's like this feels like i'm just building a sandcastle over and over again as opposed to setting foundations for a stable pyramid mm-hmm. and i want to build a stable pyramid so i want to do like a mental health i want to have a, a mental health practice i want to mm-hmm. have clients i want to see my impact in the world and i want to just do that and and build over time mm-hmm. yeah because excuse me like there's a lot of pressure on guys to you have to be successful like right away yeah like um, there's a there's a Drake quote. Uh, I forget which 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 song it was, but it was like you know F being forty man. I'm trying to make it now. Yeah. Like fuck like F being rich when I'm forty. I'm trying to make it now. And now it's like almost forty. Yeah, I mean, he is almost forty. <laughs> that, that is funny. But yeah, it's like that's cool for you, the art the the artist who's internationally renowned 25 sitting on 25 now. yeah exactly like that's if that's you then like fantastic but like your point oh one percent of yeah of men literally the biggest artist right yeah like li- yeah like you know he's more slaps in the beatles yeah. like so it's did you see he got like a tat of it was it's like i forget i think it's on his arm of it was like you know the 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 beetle cover where they're walking across that this, street. This story sounds familiar. Yeah, right? it's like that they're walking across like that street yeah. in London, mm-hmm. the crosswalk, and it's like they're walking, and then it's they're following him on the tattoo because yeah. he passed them in like overall number ones or whatever <laughs> it was. Sorry, that was just I just remembered that that was hilarious. But know. yeah, like everyone wants everything right now. Yeah. We want everything right now. I need to be I need to have seven figures right now. I need to be in the best shape of my life right now. I gotta have a baddie on my arm right now. I have to have a multi like multi million dollar company built right now. 
and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and it doesn't it it makes us be more prone to wanting to build those sandcastles to try to just you know get everything good for oh i want to make um that's how you fall into the traps of like when people are like oh i can get you to 20k a month yep immediately all the marketing numbers yeah all the numbers the the blank k a month and you know there's oh i'm not gonna say all those people are like scammers or whatever but because there are definitely like i will say that (laughs) (laughs) i haven't experienced all of them so i can't i've met many of them well (laughs) then there you go but it that's because of that pressure we put on ourselves we're much more vulnerable to those to those offers yeah I mean, the whole reason those offers exist is because, like, I mean, when I was studying marketing um, informally, uh, one thing I was taught was, like, you want to have a highly di- a highly desirable result mm-hmm. with minimum effort on the part of the person giving it to you. Yep. And then, you know, there was very little emphasis placed on, like, delivering that. Yeah. There was a lot like, of... what does that look like? Yeah, because, you know, I was talking to him. I was like, how do I get to 10K a month? And he was like, he was only giving me advice to get me to 10K a month. He wasn't giving me advice to... Um, how to effectively deliver the product more consistently or, mm-hmm. uh, or really anything about the product. It was like, just say you can get them to this, this, this result and then like manipulate the, the refund policy and then, you know, learn how to deal with chargebacks. Mm. And it was like, the fuck am I learning? Yeah. Like that's <laughs> not, that's not cool. Like uh, it, it's the, the, the integrity piece is just kind of missing from it. And like, I've seen what a lot of those what a lot of those creators will do is they'll they'll might they might get to ten K a month, one month, and then they'll like create that coaching program mm-hmm. on how other people to do it. And then like that's how they make their money, even though they're they're not even really building anything. It's not like yeah. they've built something like someone like a like it, it's antithetical to someone like a Alex Hormozzi who like does it. Yeah. Like has makes portfolio companies make over a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah. And has done it for years. That's why it's that's why it's like when he speaks about business, like it's not just a theoretical it's thing. It's a holistic understanding based in actual life experience mm-hmm. communicated articulate like you can't be that smart about business and not be about it. Yeah. Not on his level. Like in in the um like in the, the hundred million dollar leads launch he just did, like he made it a point to all the main principles of how to get leads, he used all of them. Yeah. In to get the launch, to get as many people signed up for the launch as possible. And, you know, it's like, yes, someone could tell you that the concepts work, but then they show you based off of their own experiences and their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of his explanations as to why he's like, yeah, when I was building this company, I, I was using these, these, um, these principles. Yeah. And that's showing somebody's like, this is what happened. This is how I did it. And this is how I do it for other people. And it's like, you can, you have the receipts. That's way more impactful than, oh yeah, I can get you to 10K a month yeah. once. And also, if you, if I don't know if you've seen the video, but Alex Ramosi actually does also talk about like how to um, use social proof, like in a, in a way that like is, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess like, in like he, with integrity. Yeah. And he says like, when you're, when you're marketing your product and you want to say that it works, mm-hmm. don't have videos of people talking saying, Oh, I hit 10k a month, and Sally did it too. And yeah, here's a person that I'm friends with that's obviously going to say nice things. And yeah, what he does is like he shows the data. He's like, okay, yeah. well, in our last launch, 63 percent of people who invest in the program saw this result, right? Yep. And it's like that's if you think that's also what like 
you know, universities do, like Harvard and stuff like that. Yeah. They don't they say like, yeah, they don't say like, this guy graduated in finances, make X amount of money. He's like, this is out of all the people, this percentage found jobs after employment. And this percentage this is the average, um, you know, salary that they're making. This is mm-hmm. the degrees that they graduated in. Like, it's just straight data. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. say anything outside of, here's what happened. Yeah. And then you can like make that decision. Because testimonials are great, and they're one of the main things that, like, will drive... Social proof is huge, yeah. Yeah, social proof is immensely huge. And the testimonials will will get you business and will continue to get you business. But, you know, data data is very helpful, you know. It's, like, also, like, what gets... The phrase, what gets measured, gets managed. If you're keeping data on something and you're finding that whatever service or product you're providing people isn't performing up to the metrics that you would want it to, then you know that you have... So you have like a tra- you have like a trail of breadcrumbs to like get you to like okay well this is what I need to improve on, um, but yeah like what we say all this to communicate to everybody is that when you're f- when you're looking for for like role models for people to guide you you need you need to look for holistic people who are individuals who like are holistically inclined to look at the problem like they can't just be focused on one aspect or another and just completely ignore like half or more of the pie. Like you can't, you can't expect to be a successful man and not understand how to be mentally and emotionally healthy. Yeah. You just, it's just not going to happen. Like you're going to burn out at some point. Mm-hmm. You're going to, it's going to, res- and people think, people may think like, oh, you know, I'm just going to, I'll just, I'll just spend my money or get another girl. It's like, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. Well, also, like the, like you said, with the with the money and the girl, you're trying to solve an internal problem with external resources. Exactly. And it's like a lot of these guys, um, and I've heard these stories, right? So this isn't something from personal. This is something I've observed and heard from like other therapists and psychiatrists and stuff. It's like a lot of these guys that like just work, 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 make money, make money, make money, mm-hmm. uh, have girl on arm. Like a lot of those guys, they'll be in a psychiatrist's office at like 40, 50 years old. Like, yo, I hate my life. Yeah. <laughs> Not realizing that like they've, they were optimizing for a variable that wasn't going to lead them where they wanted to go. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest things like with coaching, with counseling is like at the very beginning, it's in the intake session. It's a conversation that it's had where you say, where you ask the client, what do you want out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, what what is the result you want in your life? What do you value? Like, and why do you value it? Because that's Preach. that's what we're doing it for. Is like we want to get you to where you're like, not where other people tell you that you should be. Where what do you want your life your your yeah. life to look like? I love what you're saying this, man. Because this is literally what happened with me. Like, I was in the therapist's office, and he just asked me one day because I was telling him all my problems. I'm like, you know, I'm like this problem, that problem. He's like, well, what do you want? Like. What do you want? What pushes you to Yeah, like, what do you want? Yeah, and once I was, like, I put the ego to the side, and I was like, okay, I'm going to say it out loud, even though it doesn't feel good. This is what I want. And when I said it, it was like a a weight was lifted, and then I could, like, make decisions that were actually aligned with what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And you're moving with a purpose after that, because it was towards that goal. Yeah, and I would like to ask you, as, like, the former uh, counselor, like, how would you say that I've been since that realization and those changes i mean you definitely seem way more like grounded and just not because you were definitely like you put a lot of pressure on yourself to be successful and it's not to say that you don't want to be successful now but it's not that i have to make it i have to make it i have to do this i have to do that and like i remember we, we had conversations where you said that 
you were kind of had like like writer's block in a way like yeah. you didn't you had you knew you had all these things you had to do or you had all these things you wanted to do but the weren't able to focus and the action wasn't taking place yeah and now you have a much more like well-defined plan and it, the execution is there and also like the day-to-day like anxiety and stress just is gone it, it, there you go like that's gone. that's and that's a beautiful thing bro because like we're 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 not meant to have constant anxiety and like existential dread and stress about things no like it, that anxiety and that stress exists so we can like run away from predators for like yeah. maybe like a day it's not meant for you to constantly it's not meant to constantly be turned on because you worrying about how to pay the rent like that's super unhealthy yeah it's something we've talked about many times before and you know now that we're recording everyone else gets to hear but Mm -hmm. like your brain your brain is meant for survival like that's what it's wired for so when you you know like you you're in the wilderness and you see a snake and it jumps out at you and tries to bite you like you're gonna be wary of a snake next time you see it like duh you're gonna have Anxiety, like, oh, well, now I'm in a wil- now I'm in the wilderness. What if I run into a snake? Yeah, like before the snake even showed up. Exactly. That's that's where it like comes from, and then we apply it to all the other facets of life. You know, oh well, you know, I'm 14 years old. I've never asked a girl out on a date before, and then I asked the girl to be my girlfriend. She says no, and then the next time that's the snake. Yeah, yeah, that's then that's the snake. That's what you're worrying against, and the cycle that a lot of people fall into is they then anytime that stimuli comes up they avoid it mm-hmm. they just they just you know wimp out they hide they just like crawl into a hole they just or they just kind of withdraw from anything that could even put them in a yeah, scenario they, they, like they create that. walls and box themselves in yeah and in doing so they the, the the ironic part is like in doing that you prevent yourself from ever getting the thing that you wanted in the first place yeah but you know once you avoid that stimuli you get that little little temporary sense of relief and then you know you're 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 good for a little bit but then you're thinking about well what if i should have done this i should have did it but then that fear grows more and more and then when it hits you it hits you like all all at once yeah this is why when like sometimes people who have like super intense anxiety about things that seem very normal or Mm -hmm. like non-special yeah they you're just like dude what's wrong with you like how are you how are you like flipping out over like a door closing well it's like, like whatever. Yeah, well that for a specific example like that that's probably a deeper deeper issue yeah but i, I think it's like a muscle right if mm-hmm. you're if you have like zero ability to deal with stress like there have been times in my life i remember when i was like younger i'd be scared to just like make phone calls to to like the university financial aid department mm-hmm. now i'm just now i'm just like making phone calls daily having these long conversations you know trying to be a therapist like it's mm-hmm. not it's like a muscle you build up yeah, and that's because in my, excuse me, because I run, you know, Mastery Mindset and, the, and like, as, like, a side thing right now until I build it up to be my full-time gig, mm-hmm. and right now I'm a school counselor at a high school in Orlando, Florida, and something I see a lot with these kids is because, you know, my age group is, like, 14 through 18, oh, so. I used to teach high school, I'm aware. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're an interesting group, they're an interesting group. And there's there's a lot of things that like specific. What I found with them is like the the kids at the high end are like they have way more. They have more advantages than we did when we were when we were their age. So they're killing it. Yeah. They're doing great. 
but it's like the middle and, and the then lower is just a lot of it's you know their circumstances their environment like i i i feel like with with kids like they're empty vessels to begin with and then they just like you know they have their genetic predispositions but a lot of it is their environment yeah. and, and the nurture part especially at a high school age yeah and they don't know how to deal with anything they don't know how to deal with anything they the amount of kids that talk about my anxiety, my anxiety, my anxiety, my anxiety, my anxiety. I can't do this because of my anxiety. And I'm like, you, you are telling yourself this. I hope you, like, I hope you know that. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a study done on eighth graders. Researchers wanted to wanted to dive a little bit more into anxiety. I'm like, okay, well, let's see how it goes with kids because you know, anxiety. A lot of it is learned. Mm-hmm. So there's a group of eighth graders. There's, um, they had all the there these kids are going into what is it they're trying out for sports teams they're um they're trying out for school plays mm-hmm. running for students yeah student office like things like that and you know they had them rate their anxiety on a scale of one to ten so about half the kids had like really high anxiety like seven eight nine and then the others just didn't really have anxiety so the ones that were so they didn't really focus too much on the ones that like weren't mm-hmm. anxious yeah so the ones that were anxious they went to um, they observed their behavior and some of them tried out, some of them auditioned, um, some of them did not. And when they circled back after to be like, Hey, so they went to the kids that did audition and did try out. So they're like, Hey, um, you said that you were super anxious. What made you want to try out anyways? And pretty much all of them said, well, in order to get what I wanted, the only way to do it was to face the anxiety and do it anyways mm-hmm. then when they went to the kids who didn't try out who didn't audition because of their anxiety what they said was the only way to get my anxiety to go away was to not try out to yeah. not audition yeah and in a nutshell that's that's communicating that in order to make my anxiety go away i gotta not do the things that i care about i have to run away from the issues that face me and that's that's the that's the root of where anxiety comes from for I, most people. I think both of those kids also like uh, an interest, interesting thought I had was that both of those kids kind of did the same thing. Whereas like they're the kids that did audition were like I want the thing at the end, right? Yes. But for the other group, they still were chasing what they wanted in yes. the end. It's just the thing that they wanted was comfort. Yes. Whereas what the other group wanted was the um, I guess the role in the play or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so. That's a great point. Yeah, they're both chasing what they want. It's just you have to, like, whatever you want, you will gravitate towards even if you don't realize it. Yeah, like, if you're prioritizing not feeling bad, then, yeah, you're going to be more prone to avoiding those situations. But if you prioritize, hey, I want to accomplish these goals, I want to have friends, I want to um, have these experiences, and you just have to overcome the anxiety as you do it, you're going to be more inclined to actually take that action. Yeah. And that's why it's crazy, man, because like it really comes down to that, that mindset. If you just want to, if I think the, the fallacy that people will fall into is that they're just, they, an anxiety free life exists. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not completely ever going to go away. It might not be as intense as it once was for you mm-hmm. as you, you know, because you know with mental health and coping skills and things like that it's 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 similar to like in the gym 
you know, you if you want to grow bigger biceps, you do a set of bicep curls. Yeah, you put stress on your muscles. Yeah, yeah, you break down the muscle, and then it grows back stronger. And then you slowly increase the weight. You slowly increase the reps. And over time, your bicep gets bigger. You're stronger. You're more able to deal with that load. And it's the same thing with mental health-wise. You are able to conquer bigger challenges. You're able to um, deal with more things. You're able to grow that capacity. And if that's the goal is to be able to deal with more, because as we get older, bro, like it ain't gonna get easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the, I like it's at least that's what I've experienced in my life. The challenges don't exactly become easier. You just, well, you just get different challenges. Yeah, yeah. And if a lot of times you put in the work in the beginning, on the front end, and then you're better equipped to deal with, you know, more challenges. Like you know, once you have a mortgage, you have wife, you have kids, you have you know, businesses, you have things that you're responsible for. Yeah. Like, if you didn't build up that emotional and mental resiliency when you were younger, it, it's going to be tough for you. Like, it's not to say you can't do it, but, yeah. like, at some and, point... Well, it's it's interesting because it's, it's easier to do it than you think, but, like, it's it's going to feel harder yeah. to do it, right? Because you could probably... I, I saw something interesting that said, like, you could offset eight years of, um, like, just not focusing on something with six months of genuine intentional learning right mm-hmm. so you know not to not to get people like hey get complacent but it's easier than you think but it's going to feel harder than it is yeah and it's going to be very foreign to you like if you're never if, if you've never like done cope like breathing exercises for anxiety the first couple times you do it you're going to be like bro this shit doesn't work bro, meditation at first is awful yeah it, this do, i'm wasting my time like this does this doesn't this doesn't work my for brain me. hurts get me my phone yeah yeah and then you just gravitate towards that comfort you go back to what you've been doing and you know at the end of the day if you keep doing that you're gonna get what you've been getting and that's you know that's not not what you is it it's, yeah it, is that what you want is that what you want i don't yeah. think it is you gotta ask him you can't tell him you gotta ask him yeah so it, it, it's it's interesting i just feel like i'm glad that mental health has gotten more you know notoriety it's more attention now than it used to because like you know even when i was a kid it really wasn't a it really wasn't a talking point people didn't really talk about it like it was just oh that person's crazy or whatever they're oh they're they have this like put them on meds like there was there was no there there was no like normalization of counseling and therapy and wanting to improve your mental and emotional health. It was just like, oh, you're an adult, you'll be fine. Like, yeah, you know, or, or life's hard for all of us. But I mean, it's, it's a privilege in a way that we, we can mm-hmm. care about something like this, you know, because in the past it was kind of like life was just geared for survival, right? Like, oh, if yeah. you're mentally unhealthy, like, you know, yeah. that, we're going to die. Like, we can't focus on yeah, that. Yeah, because I mean, and if you want to get down in the new year, like, you don't need to be happy to, like, live. Like, no. people, people have lived lives where they've been suffering for like the entire time the entire time yep and like you're not gonna die if you're not happy you just it's a preference which obviously we it's an ideal yeah yeah it's it's ideal like you know there are gonna be some times in life where like you're gonna deal with things and it might not be it's 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 peaks and valleys like it's a roller coaster you're gonna have times where things are gonna go better than average things are gonna go worse than average and that's and that's fine but you're not it's not when you, people say like, oh, well, I, 
Vic gets to this point, I just can't take it anymore. It's like, yes, you can. Like, get, <laughs> you yes, have, you, you can. You're surprised what happens when you have no choice. Yeah, it's like, you're right here. Your, your example right now is just, you know, if I just get one more thing added to my, my tasks, like, I just, I can't take it. It's like, yes, you can. Like, yeah. you, you can. You just need to get, get yourself composed and focused enough to, to deal with that. And that's foreign to a lot of people. And, you know, like I was saying with the, with the kids at my school, like I've seen, I see that a lot of parents in a good natured way, they want to remove a lot of obstacles for their kids mm-hmm. that like they might've had to face or that they don't want their kids to have to deal with. Yeah. But long, they'll yell at you to make that happen. Oh, they do. They do. I've, I've been threatened with some, uh, some lawsuits that. for, uh, to not changing uh, Spanish one <laughs> on a kid's schedule. Cause Oh Lord, these some of these parents are uh, you know they mean they mean well they want their they they want the best for their kid yeah um, but mama bear's not happy but yeah um, and then at that point I'm just like listen man as I can't this is what I can do for you but uh, if you need anything else you can you can go up the, the, the ladder, chain of command yeah. and you can talk to my boss or the other administrators but it, what sometimes will happen is you remove some roadblocks in the beginning and later on they're not prepared for the bigger roadblocks. Yeah. And then they're just stuck. Yeah. It, it, it's, I don't know. And like, we're, that's just what I see. It's going to be interesting as time goes on because, you know, we, we certainly don't know everything right now and we're never going to know everything. And yeah, a lot of goal. it, a lot of it's based off of, you know, projections on, and who knows, maybe, maybe at some point those kids get it right and they figure out how to, how to cope even with, you know, parents removing the roadblocks from their lives, but yeah. it's not, they're not going to be succeeding because of that. Yeah. It's going to be the work they do on their own. 100%. No, you just gave me a lot of memories of back when I was a teacher, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of, a lot of this is in a way self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, just because at the end of the day, like how much, responsibility you're going to take for your own life like what are the things you actually want like are you running away from things you actually want in favor of something that you want more are you aware of what you want more mm-hmm. it's like you have to answer like to become actually emotionally aware is a very difficult thing to do when you're starting from scratch oh yeah it's 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 kind of it's like almost impossible like and, and one thing that i learned very um intimately when i was a teacher was that a lot of students are multi-year projects. You can't want the results quickly. Mm. They're multi-year projects, maybe even a decade. Like for me. Mm. From, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. What, someone I used to work with told me that. can't remember who. But yeah, kids are multi-year projects. Well, really they're lifelong projects. But from when the time you have them. <clears throat> like I remember there was one kid that like cursed me out like my first month of teaching. And then like by the end of the graduation, we're like joking about like boxing together and sparring. Um that's that's great and like because yeah we just we want everything right now everything we with the ease of of living that technology has afforded us is day-to-day life now is like way better than it's ever been if you can appreciate it yeah if you can appreciate it if you can't it's gonna feel awful oh yeah because you know i mean going back to you know the discussion earlier of like the the red pill folks is like Things need to go back to the 1950s, like the good old days. I'm like, was it the good old days? Bro, I want to have an episode just on that. <laughs> like, was it the good old days? They I'm not literally sure. look at the 1950s and 60s and think that that was all of human history. Like, most of human history was, like, the marriage rate, 
That's another episode. Actually, <laughs> that, we, that is another episode. Like, if you actually look at the data, like, you'll find that almost all of their claims are, like, incomplete or just flat out wrong. Yeah. But that's it. Okay, let me get off that horse. High horse. <laughs> I don't, don't want to villainize those. Uh, I don't want to villainize anyone. I just want to. Yeah. We just want to get to healthy, productive discussions on how to make men's mental health better. Yeah, absolutely. And the first step is just recognizing that you do need to put work in on that area. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just ignore it and think things are going to be fine. But I thought money, muscle, and status was all I needed. Don't we all, bro? Like, it's... Yeah, we all fall for it. We all fall for it, because it's so enticing. You it's can an event. <laughs> but, it, yeah, like, if someone tells you, like, oh, it's that, you know, that highly desirable outcome with without no any effort, yeah. no effort, it's... Just buy my dating program. Yeah, just just, just do this, 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 and this. You don't have to worry about about all this over here. Like, that's... Therapy. That's for women. That's liberal BS. Yeah, it's like, nah, bro. That's... it. it they're selling a dream, and they're profiting off of it. Yeah. And... I just, it's one of the, one of the bigger problems that I want to, that I want to try to contribute to a solution as time goes on is yeah. to provide men with more of these, more of like actual guidance yeah, and like mentorship. Al- like an alternative, right? Because I mean, we, with the State of the Union we recently had with, mm-hmm. with the standard, it was like, there's a problem, but like, we're not trying to fix it. Well, now we're trying to fix it. Yeah. We're trying to fill the, fill the gap in the wall. Yeah, and so many people, they're not my problem. Oh, well, that's, that's them. Let me just, I'm going to be on my that's yacht. That's just a bunch of insults. I'm going to be on my yacht with my baddie, and we're going to yeah. be chilling. <laughs> like, that's, if you really want to make it, don't say you want to make an impact and then just opt out. Like, yeah. if you don't want to, like, okay. But, like, where where are the men that are willing to, to, put, their, to put their neck on the line to help other people? Like, people, you know, every day, like, one of my so one of my biggest gripes when I was in grad school was this was this was um, 20, 2018 to twenty twenty so it was a time um, uh, Trump was in office so it was it was a time where you know anything even remotely not even right wing just like any everything was yeah. against him yeah. and it was very like let's criticize 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 which it's not just an exclusively. Yeah, Trump yeah, thing yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Everyone loves to criticize the government and the systems and yeah, all yeah. that, which I understand. There's a lot of issues. Yeah. But what I noticed was it was all criticism, no solution. Yeah. No. Oh well, this is gonna help. It's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna protest. Nothing against protesting. Yeah. Do, do your thing. But I'd there's nothing. There's nothing. Not there's nothing after awareness. It's no. just raise awareness, raise awareness, raise awareness. Nothing else. And. It's like, that's not how you completely solve an issue. It's like, you're not actually following through. Yeah. You're just, you're doing part, you're doing chapter one. And there's however many chapters to the book. And you're just focusing on this chapter. And you're like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm just going to sit from my perch in life and just criticize. Yeah. And speaking of chapters and books, you're reminding me of a book I read called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I don't know if you've read it. Mm-hmm. But the book literally talks about like the way you you create systemic change is not by like the endless criticizing. It's by um, putting yourself in because a lot of habit formation is community, especially at that level. Mm-hmm. And so you want to basically put yourself in social environments and become valuable in those experiments so that you can exert more influence over time and that other people look to you and they'll even volunteer you uh, to be that beacon of change. Like with Martin Luther King Jr., um, he started out as like a pastor. 
Yes. Like he, I remember like he almost didn't even um, participate in the uh, like the civil rights movement to the extent that he did. But mm-hmm. he had people around him. It was like, hey man, you are the guy. Like yeah. you were, you have the, you have the respect and admiration of the community that needs you. And so mm-hmm. you know it was that that led to him actually making the change. Right. It wasn't just him going. You know, uh, we our rights are being infringed. Um, and, and just going on that spiel, which he he did bring awareness, but like you said, there was that second step, yeah. advocacy, and, yeah, and and execution. Yeah, it's like this is what we're gonna do, and this and like we're gonna execute on it. There's more than just a well, this is a problem. Yeah, and that's I felt a lot of I always it just it became very very obvious to me that that was the position of most people was just I'm going to complain and that's it. I'm just gonna sit back and chill for my perch yeah. and and not but you know like you said about you know dr mlk like you your leaders are called and you know i do i do think that we need more leaders we need more people who are willing to step up to the plate mm-hmm. and you know people that are in communities to where we can because we're way stronger together than we are apart yeah like that's one of the great things about organizations like the standard like you know it, um, groups of business owners, groups of entrepreneurs, what have you, is you can really, you can pool together resources and influence and then you can and actually, networks. yeah, in your networks and you can actually create change. That's what it looks like. But in order to do that, because in order to change a system, you or you have to you have to build yourself up first and make sure, you know, it's the, the old Michael Jackson song. Like, you know, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Like, yeah. you have to start with you. Because if you're not starting with, if you're just throwing stones while you're living in a glass house, like, it's not going to end well for you. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're not going to have the influence that you might want to. So, you, and no matter what business you start, no matter what organization you're trying to be a part of, you have to be the embodiment of the values of that organization, of that business. Yeah. Because if you aren't, then that congruence piece that we talked about is not going to be there, and people are going to see that. Yeah, like whether you, no matter what you want to achieve, like uh, you know, societal reform, um, personal growth, um, emotional health, like that congruency is like the number one piece that holds it all together. Mm-hmm. You can't really get very far without it. Yeah, it, it's and instead of like, I think I want to just what I want to highlight is that it's not like. It's not something extra. Like, it's a vital part of the machine. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big car guy, but, like, it's the transmission. Like, you need one. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't just have a car without one that's going to get you to where you need to go without one. Yeah. you. It's an integral piece of the pie, and you're not going to go far without without putting any effort towards that. And you try to compensate with these other, with these other areas... It might work for a period of time, but you don't even know how long. Yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> it's almost kind of it's almost kind of stupid because like, like a time bomb without a timer. Yeah, you're like waiting. You're waiting on your inevitable demise, but you don't know. You don't know when it's gonna happen. Yeah, that's the scary part because like you never you never like sit there and go, I'm gonna I'm gonna be incongruent for this long until I feel like I need to be. But yeah, that's a very good point. Make me think about some things. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, yeah, I appreciate everybody for tuning in to episode one of Master of Mindset Podcast. We're going to be recording probably once every couple of weeks just to give um, some 
you know, regular content to everybody. Just starting discussion. Um, but yeah, so this has been episode one. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we will catch you all next time. Well, I look forward to it. <laughs>